Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Book Journeys Radio. I'm Angela Loria, the author incubator, and I am here today with Edwin J. Sprague, the award-winning inventor and author of The Z Factor, How to Get the Life You Dream of with the Law of Extraordinary Effort. I hope that doesn't mean I have to make an extraordinary effort, but we're going to find out about this. Ed, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know that The Z Factor isn't your first book, um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about it, because that's the one I want to talk about um, the most today, and we'll talk about your first book as well. You want to talk oh, about the, the, the You want me to talk a little bit about the Z Factor? Is that what you say? Yeah. Yes, okay, well, the Z Factor is uh, uh, um, my newest book, published by Career Press, and uh, it was a journey to get there. You know, I kind of uh, did the, the self-publishing thing first with my first book, and uh, in fact, in the Z Factor, I dedicate a chapter to uh, what I did, how I did it to uh, to to get the first book off the ground and running. But the Z Factor is is your guts factor, your Z and guts, your phonetic and guts. But here in Philadelphia, uh, you know, we have a street version. The abridged street version is uh, you got to get ballsy in life, and uh, the Z is the phonetic and ballsy. So that's that's what uh, the Z Factor is about. Got it. And I'll just hit people up. Um, you can go to Get Ballsy, which is G E T B A L L, and then Z E. So getballsy.com, and I bet you have more about the book there too, right? Yeah, there's any, you know, just go to Get Ballsy, however you spell it, it'll get you there. Getballsy.com uh, or getthezfactor.com, and you'll and it'll tell you all about the book. All right, well, excellent. So. Um, what we talk about on Burke Journeys Radio, we do. Um, I know your your first book was uh, a nonfiction book, but we talk or was a fiction book. We mostly talk about nonfiction books here and how to get on the other side of wanting to write a book and then actually holding the book in your hands. So why don't you tell us some of the key moments between when you have the idea to write the Z Factor and I know it was a, a couple months ago, right, that you finally had it printed and you were holding it in your hands. Tell me a little bit about the journey, some of the highlights on that journey. So now we're talking about the second, the 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 published right. book, not the not the first self-published book. Right. Well, the the Z factor, uh, you know, after I had done the first the the first uh, uh, shot out of the blocks with with uh, the point guard, which was my first book, uh, you know, I I learned the business and I learned the realities of self-publishing and the things that had to happen, and I was dedicated to going. Okay, this time. I've experienced that. I want to go out there and I want the opportunity to see if I can't get traditionally published. And uh, the way that I did it was I really drew on all the things that I learned on when I did my first book. And uh, one of the things that worked in my favor and really, really uh, helped helped me significantly uh, was that I, I did finally land an agent. And having landed an agent was very helpful. However, uh, landing an agent didn't happen in a vacuum. The things that I learned in the first book and the things that that I learned to do, the way I learned to write and things like that, uh, helped me write a very good book proposal. And uh, when I put that book proposal together and I got it in the hands of some people who knew a little bit about book proposals, they went, you know, you're missing one or two things here. You might want to tighten this up or tighten that up. And I did that and got it in the hands of an agent and uh uh, the agent called me up uh, after he had read the proposal and got me a deal, signed me signed me up, and then signed me to a deal uh, shortly thereafter. And was this all before you had written the book? 
No, I actually wrote the book. I knew so little about the industry other than what I had taught myself. I had written, <laughs> and I had written an eighty-three thousand uh, word manuscript that I, you know, I looked up online. You know, how many words should a, a book, a nonfiction book that's uh, an inspirational, motivational book, how many, how many words should it be? And 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 it was in the eighty thousand word uh, uh, area, and uh, so I wrote it, eighty-three thousand words. And in my mind, you know, I'm I'm not the. I always joke, I'm not the bright, I'm not the sharpest. Uh, knife in the in the in the drawer, but I'm also not a wooden spoon. So I I kind of looked at it and went, all right, look, it's got to be around eighty thousand words. I wrote eighty three thousand words, wrote the proposal, and didn't know that in in the nonfiction world that you're better off writing the proposal first and then writing the book second. But I had already written it. In fact, when when uh, I got the deal and the and the uh, publisher said it's got to be seventy thousand words, I kind of went, oh man, I got to cut thirteen thousand words. And the way I and and I kind of prided myself in life as being a, a sort of minimalist, you know, it, say it in as few words as you can, and you know, do it in as in as few mo- movements as possible. And I thought, well, eighty three thousand words, I've I've really, you know, tore this thing down to the bare bones. So I actually drove yeah, up. I'm seeing even shorter now. I'm seeing a, a move towards about fifty fifty to sixty thousand. You're right. So, in fact, uh, when I got with them, they told me seventy thousand, and they and the reason they said exactly what you said. They're like, everything's moving to shorter. There's more information available online. There's more things you can do. So we need shorter books. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. So, so, so when you got the idea for, uh, well, let's talk about how did you get the idea to write the C pack. Again, it, it came off of the first book. Um, I, I, an article had been written. I had done all my own my own marketing with the first book. I got myself into some Barnes and Nobles and some other major uh, uh, bookstores, and uh, so so there were some reviews being done. And somebody had written a review on me, and it was a full page review in a in the newspaper. And when I got the newspaper, I'm reading the review, and I'm like, holy cow. It was, it was like three columns. I'm man, this is a big review. And as I'm reading it, none of the review, none of the review had anything to do with the book. I'm reading it. This is about my life. She had done a very in-depth interview, and uh, it was all about the things that I had done in my life. So I've been very fortunate in life to have done the things that I've wanted to. Like like a lot of people, you know, you, you dream to take a product to market or play a professional sport or become an author or become the president of your company. Well, I, I've been fortunate enough to have done things like that. And and, I, and I'm reading all these things about, about myself, which I'm kind of – laughing at because I'm like, it's ridiculous they're writing this stuff. And then the very end of it was a was a uh, a review of the book. And I called the woman's name was Kathleen. I called Kathleen up and thanked her for the article and I said, just curious, uh, you wrote ninety percent of it about me and and not a lot about the the book itself. She said, well your book was really good, but your life was compelling. If I were you, I would I would chase that down a little harder. And and you know with that I thought, you know what, it's probably not a bad idea to to write about something I know a whole lot about, which is myself, and try to develop an audience and a following based on what I think I know and what I can help other people do. So that's why I wrote that book. And what and what was your goal for the book? What was your hope for the book? What what did success what would success have looked like for you way back well, when you had the idea? It it just came out. And and the goal was, you know, I I, I, I write this in the book, Angela. Uh, I had a goal, and it wasn't to write a book. The goal was to be an author. 
And in my mind, the author meant more than what I had done with my self-published book. Though that, that qualifies. It certainly qualifies. But I wanted to have a traditional marketed book. I wanted a traditional contract. I wanted to see the editorial process go through a traditional house and, and to experience that. So my, my goal, what success meant to me was, uh, one, getting some representation that would that would put a stamp on for me it would put a stamp on the you know your work's good enough for for me to to put my reputation on the line and represent you two was to actually get it published uh and become an actual and become an author and be be known as an author and then the third thing which has yet to happen because I'm still working on it it was to hit the New York Times bestsellers list and now that is an entirely new uh uh um experience for me because like the first part when I first wrote the book and decided that I was going to write the book when I was a kid back in the 70s I wanted to write my first book yeah and now I'm sitting here going okay how do I become a New York Times everything's been a progression so those three things would classify for me in my mind the success two of which are down and out I've done them they're over with the third one I'm working on now and what's the what why do you think you want to be a New York Times bestseller? Is it about book sales? Is it about a credential you want to use in some other way for your business? It, yes, to both of them. And thirdly, it's it's uh, it's you know the the uh, a little bit more than just credentials. It's it's what I'm shooting for. I mean, I, I'm a goal setter. I've always been a goal setter in my life. I've always looked at things in and in terms of chunks. Uh, like I always said, I want to play football and. People in my family said, well, you do play football. And I said, no, no, I want to be in the NFL. I want to play football in the, in the NFL. And they go, well, you can play in all different places, but why, why the NFL? And I said, well, because yeah. it's the cream of the crop. It's the best of the best. And if you get to the New York Times bestseller, you're the best of the best. And uh, that makes makes it, for me, real for me. It doesn't necessarily mean it's real for anybody else. That's what I set my sights on, and that's where I want to stop with it. Mm. That's exciting. So I always ask this question near the end of the interview, but I'm compelled to ask you right now. So I'm just going to jump in and ask this one. So I talk to people every day that call the author incubator that want to have a book. That is a goal that they have. Um, Just they want it because they want it. It's something that came into their head. Um, But for some reason, they're not getting it. It's something standing in their way. They're making promises to write you know, I'm going to wake up every day and write five pages and they're not doing it, or they put it on their list to accomplish in 2012 and didn't get to it and they're frustrated. And for some reason, people aren't hitting that goal. And and we know, we know 85% of people say that someday they want to write a book, and obviously 85% of people don't write books. So I'm wondering from your perspective if there's any advice you would give someone who, like you, has a goal orientation, but maybe hasn't reached it in the way that you have with these books. Yeah, I, d- I do actually, and, and I'm I'm not quick to give advice on things. I I, I like I said, I, I always it was one of my goals. I wanted to write write a book, and and it took me 13 years to write my first book, The Point Card. And it wasn't because I wasn't doing it. It was because I had I I would have been diagnosed with ADD as a kid. I was a remedial reader all through school. In high school, I was I was a remedial reader. Never got out of the remedial reading class. Uh, actually, didn't really read at all 
until I was in my mid-20s after I got finished playing football when I realized that if I don't read, it's going to poison everything in my life. So I understand the challenges of sitting down and having to write, particularly when I couldn't even really read all that effectively. I could read, but I wasn't reading at the level that I should have been. And I wish there was a secret to what I'm about to say, but there really isn't. When I wrote my first book, I thought about it for the longest time. Well, what am I going to write about exactly? So when the O.J. Simpson trial came on years ago, it gave me the, the, the idea of what I wanted to write about. And, Angela, I sat at my kitchen table. Here's a guy who can't read. I can't type. I can't do it. I take out a piece of paper and a pen, and I started writing. I wrote 200 pages by hand. I was like Forrest Gump just sitting at the table. Just writing after writing. I didn't care if I got punctuation right. I didn't care if the words came out right. I just started writing. And after about 200 pages, I kind of like Forrest Gump. I went, well, that's enough of that. I sat back and went, all right, now I need to, I need to know how to type. So I started teaching myself how to type, and I went back. But I never worried about grammar, punctuation, anything. I just wrote. And if I could say anything to anybody about doing this thing, and I remember being at a party once, and a guy had told me he invented a product and he was working on a book. He and I had a lot in common. The difference was he hadn't started writing his book, and he never never was going to because he didn't have a goal. He didn't want to be an author and take his lumps. He just wanted to talk about writing a book. So Mm -hmm. I said to him, look, do you have a pen and paper? And he said, yeah. I said, well, hell, you can write a book. Sit down and write a book. And anybody can write the book If, if, if you can sit down and just get started. I I talk about something that all of us know, but don't ever really understand it that well. It's called tactical ignorance. Mm-hmm. It, don't sit there and try to get too far ahead of yourself and worry about how the story is going to completely unfold. If you're struggling to get started, write the first sentence. Sit it up with a piece of paper in front of your computer, whatever it is, and write the first the first sentence and just keep writing don't worry about what's right and wrong you kind of draw yourself into it like reading a good book it when you're writing a good book you can't stop mm. wow that's that's a great piece of advice um so one of the things i hear almost every client i work with at some point in the process even people that are extremely successful will say to me some version of who who am i to write this book like I've I've looked around and there's so many books on this, um, you know, there's so many books on this topic. I went into the bookstore and there were lots of books. I looked on Amazon. There's so much free information online. Like why should people listen to me? Who am I? Did you have any of those sort of limiting beliefs about your about yourself and you know, especially not having experience as a writer? Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't. Uh, fortunately, you know, I, I'm kind of thick-skinned on certain things, and I guess there's two parts to this answer, and one of them would be most people, the average person makes this, uh, and, and I write about this in the Z Factor, and and I, I, everybody thinks that they aren't somebody of significance until they do something of significance, and it really doesn't always work that way. Typically, you have to start becoming the person that you want to be long before you are that person. So you have to really go out there and kind of get past the idea that you'll be somebody when you do something. Well, it doesn't work that way. You'll be somebody when you start to do something. So go out there and start doing something now. And that starts to, one, make you believe in yourself as an expert. And then secondly, and, and I had to get over this too, was, man, there's a lot of people out there saying the same thing. And, and you know, when I wrote about 
things in the Z factor. Fortunately, I was working off my own life, and I didn't have to look at somebody else's as an example. So I wasn't kind of giving the ideas off the cuff or from somebody else's experience. I'm writing my own. But what I had to realize was even if I were saying the exact same thing that other people were already saying, it's coming from somebody different, from a totally different perspective. The messenger is different. We, I coach a football team, a, a, a seventh and eighth grade football. I help coach a seventh and eighth grade football team. And one of the coaches came to me say, hey, before the season started, would you help us out? We don't, we can't seem to get our our defensive line off the ball. They're just not getting off the ball fast enough. And I said, I asked them a few questions. I said, well, it doesn't sound like there's any problems. I I watched them and they seem to be getting off the ball on offense. He said, yeah, I don't know what it is. And I looked at him. I said, you know, it may just be the messenger. He said, why is it? What's that? I said, I'm going to tell him the exact same thing you guys said. I'm just going to say it a different way from a different perspective. And that can create a, 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 an entirely different result. Same thing said, just from a, in a different way from a different person. And if you're trying to become an expert, I believe, and, and I, don't, I, I think the expert, expert words used way too loosely these days, but I think you can be an expert provided you have enough years of experience with you practical experience in doing what you're doing and not worry about what other competition is out there because mm. it's your perspective. It's your unique perspective and your the way you deliver it as a messenger that, that makes it different. Mhm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all true and I think so so much of it is the mental game. And I know for you, um you had some you had you had some experience with with your own mental game um, as an athlete and with your with your corporate experience. So I think a lot of this is, um, you know, the things that hold people back in one area hold people back in other areas. So if you can fight through it in one area, it'll it'll work in other areas to use that. So, um, so when you uh, when you decided to start writing this book, part of your vision was to work with a traditional publishing house and an agent. How did you go about finding an agent? Well, I joined a uh, – I I remember when I got done with the first book, looking around going, okay, after all that and after some of the success that we had with it, I was wondering how I could get to the next level. And, of course, uh, getting to a publishing house would be one of the ways to get there and a traditional publishing house and but i but i couldn't get anybody to take any of my phone calls i mean no, nobody would even talk to me and uh i just kind of looked around and went all right there's got to be some place that you can go to that people gather that do this now i'm not talking about joining like a writing club or something like that where you, everybody sits around and talks about something i i was looking for somebody or some place that had connections to the people that i needed to meet that could deliver on it. And I knew that that wouldn't be uh, free, and I knew that it wouldn't be easy. So I, I started doing my homework, and it took me probably a year, and I landed on a on a uh, program uh, that's a local Philadelphia program that uh, I signed up and joined, and I told the guy who was running the program, uh, if anything comes out of this, uh, I would like to be introduced to a agent. And, and I knew for a fact prior to signing up for the class uh, that, that he had contacts the agents. And then the rest was up to me. I needed to write a good proposal, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the, uh, the introduction was made – I created the introduction by going to this class and becoming a part of it and paying the tuition and being involved in, in the uh, program. Huh. Is that an approach you would recommend to other people or knowing what you know now? Are there certain uh, ways that somebody wanted an agent that you would recommend? 
Well, you know, I'm a pretty aggressive guy, and, and, I, and I couldn't get an agent to, to really talk to me. I think that because I paid the tuition in this class and that there were mm-hmm. agents that knew this, they at least knew I was serious. They would at least look at what I had and go, you know right. what, it's worth t- taking the time. So I think that you have to look. at I, I looked at the book business like I looked at the invention business and the direct response business that we're in. A- anybody who's serious has certain things around them or certain things that they have done that lets you know they're serious. And if you step up to the plate and you put yourself in a group of people and you invest your money and your time and effort, I think that people are going to go, yeah, he's serious. So I think that you have to, one, have the the funds and and be be able to to invest in that. But more importantly than having the funds, have the seriousness about the, the, the heart that says, I'm doing this, and therefore I will spend money to be a part of a program that may introduce me. Now, I don't say that lightly because I don't believe in spending money just for the sake of trying to get involved in something. If you're good, you're good, that, and, and it finds a way. In my particular case, because I had spent so much time trying to get an agent and a traditional publisher with the first book, I had to be reasonable with myself and recognize where I sat in the shoebox. And what I found out in that process was it would be a hell of a lot easier for me to get to where I want to go if I had an agent. And uh, the program that I joined had three agents associated with it. They had a they had a good resume. They had good, successful people around them. The guy I met before I spent any money, I met the man. I looked him eyeball to eyeball, had a personal meeting with him, and said to myself, you know what, this is worth 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 the investment. And uh, um, an introduction was made, and through that introduction, it grew to be a, a relationship. And with your agent, so you gave your agent your um, proposal. You had your book proposal, and that's what they made the decision to work with you from. And then how long did it take to find, for your agent to find a publisher that you were happy with, and did you have multiple offers, or how did you end up with Career Press? We did. Um, uh, originally, uh, I had... I had uh, Somebody from Wiley contacted me because uh, with this program there was a, a a person that was involved in the in the uh, in the uh, class that I had taken uh, involved with Wiley Publishing and uh, uh, this person had helped me out a little bit with my with my uh, proposal and told me there was a couple things missing that I should probably clean up but it was in all, pretty much pretty good shape and then she passed it on to a, one of the editors in the uh, business and motivational area and he called me up and said hey I like the proposal a lot. I'd like to send you a copy of uh, of our, our standard agreement and I'd like you to consider it. And so when I got that, you know, I read through it and I realized, man, I don't know enough about – I've read enough contracts to know that I shouldn't be reading contracts. So I, yeah. you, know, I, I you know, so I went back and I hadn't yet gotten gotten uh, the, the, um, the agent yet and uh, went back and – talked to the guy who had sent my proposal out to the three agents, and he said, hey, did, did these guys get back to you? I said, no, nobody got back to me. Well, in a couple of days, one of them did get back to me shortly thereafter, and I told him I have in my hand uh, an you know, agreement. And he said, let me look at it, and we kicked it around. And he said, well, let me shop it around, see what we can do. And he got a bunch of rejections, but then uh, he, he uh, got, got an offer from, from Career, and uh, you know, we went with Career Press. It was a good match for me. It was a, you know, a, a, a smaller publisher. Uh, that that would be easier to work with a first-time guy like myself that I could sit down, have a lot of conversations with, have a lot of input, and and really be a part of the process. And were you were you happy with that process? I know a lot of people talk about working with being super excited to get 
a publisher and then feeling like they kind of lose control of their creative work? How was that? Yeah, no, I, I can't say that. I, I'll say this, that I was intimidated to a certain degree with what I had to do when I was given the, you know, hey, you have uh, six weeks to give us 70,000 words, and I had already written 83,000. That was harder than writing the whole book. But I'll tell you, I think you have to put things in perspective. And this is what I think a lot of people lose. You get caught up in the art side of things, you know. You get caught up in the, in the, uh, you know, the writing side of things. Look, when you're you're at that point, you've written the book, and I think you have to recognize at that point in your life what it is you're going after. And I and everybody has something they're going after that's different. Some people are looking for editorial control. Some people are not looking for editorial control. They're looking to get published. I think you have to know what your goal is, and then really stick to what the goal is. So I was never feeling like, oh, this is a pain. I'm losing some editorial control here, and I don't like the way. Because they really didn't treat me that way, in all honesty. They were very good to me. And and even if they were not, I think I would have been smart enough to go, look, you, you're now you're now out on the football field. I used to say to people, I, I'm, I'm out here in the parking lot. I just want to get in the stadium. And if I can get in the stadium, I can get a good seat. If I can get a good seat, maybe uh-huh. I can get down to the sidelines. If I can get to the sidelines, I can get onto the field. So I think you've got to recognize where you sit in the stadium and where you're trying to go and what your ultimate goal was. Because if your ultimate goal is to write the book only the way that you see it and nobody else sees it, then you probably should be happy and okay with the fact that you may not get published because there are some realities. They may not like it, or it may take longer. It may take a lot longer, which is okay, and I don't see anything wrong with that. And you may become the next Charles Dickens, and that's terrific. My goal wasn't to become the next Charles Dickens. My goal was to be a published author. And I stuck to that. And in my particular case, I didn't lose anything. They were that. They were fine with me. But I've talked to many authors that have said that. Oh, I don't like the way they've done that. Well, I don't know what to say about that. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the first steps that people don't do is get clear on what their goals are. And um, that's definitely one of the big lessons I'm learning from this conversation is that your your clarity about your goals actually has allowed you to go even further because you can build on them without trying to necessarily do everything in an unspecific way. So, yep. I think You said it perfectly right. Instead of being so locked on so many things, you're easily, when you're locked on what it is that you, that you know what you're supposed to be doing or what you want out of it, it's easy to let the things that could distract you fly by. So I love before and afters. This is one of my favorite parts of the interview. So your first book, The Point Guard, came out when? 2007. 2007. Okay. So I just love to talk about the before you were, uh, I think about the moment of holding your first book in your hands as this before and after moment that you really can't ever go back from. It's like being a parent. Once you're a parent, you're always a parent. Once you're an author, you're always an author. And I just love from you... Any insights of the before 2007, before the Point Guard was published, um, and then after today, in what ways, either internally or externally, is your life different now that you're an author? Well, that's a great question. Um, You know, before, it was something I always wanted to do. Of course, obviously, afterwards, it's something that's done. You know, it's a check check in the other column. But I think that... What happened to me is that I recognized something that I didn't think I, I actually didn't think I could write. 
I wrote the book because the first book because it was on that list, and I, I want to be an author. And I wrote it, and I plowed through it, and it took 13 years, and it was really difficult. And when I got that book in my hand, after all the challenges we went through with the print-on-demand uh, process and self-publishing, and I finally got that book in my hand, I remember my wife and I looking at each other, going, "Wow, that's pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. that's good. That's good stuff." You know. And and we went out and we had a beer and a roast beef sandwich and we had a great time and we we just we just thought it was the greatest thing, but in that process, Angela, I learned things that I could have never learned. I I probably could have hired somebody. I know they had people that would help you write, and I never agreed to any of that. I wanted to make sure that if I was doing this, I wanted to be the person who would take the lumps or get the rewards. So I went through it and I did it all myself. So that when I got to the second book. When I got to this one, I wrote it much, much quicker. There were so many things I'd learned in the process that actually as I was writing it, I could. there was never times in the first book where I got done with it, I went, that's that's good writing. I, I went, that's a good story, that's good, And because I, I just didn't know enough. But when I got to the second book and I was going through it, because I had so much experience, not so much, but I had some experience at that point, I was going through it and I'd go, that's, that's good writing, that's good writing. I can leave that alone and move on. I was always second guessing myself in the first time. This time, I I'm not second guessing myself. And and if and when there's a third, um, it, it there won't be the, you know, I wonder if I can do this. It'll be well. This is what I do for a living. Let's right. knock one out here. You got to do this now. Right. Well, I think that's fantastic. I know. Um, I know that you have, in addition to the book um, or the books, you have uh, you also do coaching, right? I do. Um, I I, uh, I I help. Uh, you, you're talking about professionally, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I you know I I've not done that sort of stuff. I've stayed away from it, and uh, because I, I I typically do a lot of stuff, and I should be careful saying this for free. As an inventor, uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've had so many failures as an inventor until something really took off. I had a couple of products that did well. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the guys in our sister company always jokes, he says, you give everybody that much time? I go, well, when someone contacts me and I talk to them, I try to give them some free time because I know what it's like to try to chase someone down, try to find somebody who can help me out because, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of like in a giant ocean. So, so can someone just at least point me to a buoy? I'm not even looking for an inlet or, or, or a place to land. I'm just looking for some sort of light, something that could let me know that I'm not alone. And and I try to put myself in that position, and, and I rarely, if ever, uh, turn it into a business. I, I, I kindly sit there and kind of sit there and go, okay, well, you have an idea. Let me see if I can't well, throw I want people to, uh I want people to check out GetBaldy.com because you definitely have an amazing biography. I think you've given people a lot of food for thought today. And um, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, reach out or download or get your book or whatever and learn more because I know that you have a lot to teach people. And I appreciate you taking the time with our audience today. Thank you so much, Ed. Thanks, Angela. I really appreciate being on. Great. Well, we will be back next week with more Book Journeys Radio. Thanks, everyone, for listening.